It sure is good to be in the Lord's house tonight. I appreciate uh, God letting us be here and appreciate everyone that's come. Uh, thank the Lord for you. And uh, those that's watching on the live stream, thank the Lord for you too. have a, some scripture here that I go back to a lot in the 19th Psalm. I'd like to share those with you tonight uh, from uh, verses uh, 7 and 8. This is Psalms 19, verses 7 and 8. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And so that just sums things up really good. I love those. Let's all stand for a moment of prayer. As we pray, let's uh, go to the Lord. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Uh, we want to come to you tonight to humble hearts. God, help us tonight that we just might be in the center of your will. Uh, realizing where all our help and strength comes from, uh, knowing, God, how good you are, just as those verses uh, represented and told us. And, uh, God, we know we can't put into words fully how good you are because our, our words just don't reach that far. But, God, we praise you tonight for being God, and we ask you to help and bless this service, help us to worship you, God, tonight, spirit and in truth. And, God, we ask you just to help us in every way we need help. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me turn over to the choir. Page 52.
good to be here. I was thinking a second ago about uh, that second song they were singing, how the Lord loves us and we love the Lord. It was shortly after my salvation, when I got saved, I knew he had saved me, but I didn't have a heart of love, and I told him about it. But about a month later, I was in prayer, and I realized the joy that God, that I had for God, and he gave me that heart of love. It's, it's, un, it's remarkable all the things he'll do for you in our salvation. If I could have everybody stand up. We'll ask for our unspoken prayer requests. Spoken ones. Bill, can you lead us in prayer? Anybody have a song or a testimony? the blonde man to see 
God, you and me, he's more than enough to turn the water to wine. He's more than enough to feed a family like mine. He's more than enough to heal all disease. And he's more than enough to wash the sin out of me. If he can raise up the dead and give him new is more than enough. He said to the Lord, my daughter is dying at home. Oh, but then another man said, she's dead. Leave the master alone. When he heard what was said, his heart was grieved. He said, be not afraid, but only believe. And he spoke to save you and you're going to know it and I did I knew it It was it's, like I said before it was amazing that whole day it was amazing and it's, it keeps on getting that way it just keeps on going anybody else got a song testimony it was a beautiful song Glad I made it tonight, Dale, so you didn't have to come up here. <laughs> Anybody else a song or a testimony? If not, I'll turn it over to the pastor. Boy, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord. I appreciate the choir singing and the special singing and opening up. It's just everything's been a blessing, even the, even the fellowship before we come in here and the service started. Just God's just so good to us in so many ways. And I just uh, appreciate what I feel tonight already. Now, let me ask again, anyone else uh, feel like singing a song or got a testimony? You're welcome if you do. Brother Glenn gave you plenty of time, but I just felt like asking again. <clears throat> I really pray. Uh, I don't know if we feel like it tonight or not, but uh, Brother David Evil-Sizer's dad, Brother Joel Evil-Sizer's here, and uh, he's a Baptist preacher, pastors a Baptist church up in the upper part of Michigan, and uh, I don't know if I can pronounce it right. It looks like it might be Keweenaw. Is that close enough? 
and uh, I thought I'd take a stab at it. And uh, so, uh, Brother Joel, sure tonight, and uh, uh, if he has something on his heart that he'd like to share with us, we'll just turn it over to him. Let's really pray for him. I believe he's coming. I appreciate him, and uh, we appreciate how he backs and supports uh, David and uh, has great comments about our church. And uh, We appreciate him. and glad he's here, and we want to pray, give him our undivided attention. tell I'm not very technologically advanced. <laughs> Can't even clip this thing on my, my coat. But it's good to be here tonight. I, we've, my wife and I have really gotten to appreciate your church and especially your pastor. Uh, I love your preaching there. And, uh, one thing I, I had to ask, David and I have talked about this too. He said, well, what if he does call you up to preach? you gonna preach a long time <laughs> I said, well you know we go a lot longer with the preaching at our church but I, I'm gonna do my best not to do that but tell you what I, I love your music here I love your choir uh, I want to thank you for for the spirit that you all carry here uh, it's a blessing to visitors such as my family and I uh, it's a blessing to your members like my son David. So thank you for being what you, you are here. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. Let me see what time it is. I'll try to be done in about 15 minutes. We'll see how that goes. Um, Joshua chapter 20. And I'm having trouble finding 20 here. Last I knew it was right after 19. But Chapter 20 of the book of Joshua. Let's stand out of respect to the word of God. I like to, to do that. We'll read the first six verses, which are probably familiar to you. The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee into one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them, and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly, and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days, 
Then shall the slayer return and come into his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your pure and perfect word. And Father, what a blessing it is that, that only you could write such a book. Absolutely perfect. And not only that, but you're the, on, you're the only one that could preserve such a book. And Father, you did that on both counts, and we thank you for it. Now, Father, I pray you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, to fill me with the Holy Ghost as I preach. I pray that everything about it will be what you want, and it will be the Spirit doing the preaching. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, I read through the Bible about three times a year, and I find a lot of very, very interesting things and things to learn. One of the things I like about this part of the Bible, uh, the historical books, uh, if you want a three-second Bible Institute class, uh, is the way life was back then. And I, I think that there's a lot of things on that list that are very interesting, but right near the top of the list is the cities of refuge. And I think they're a logical, they're a common sense. I think they're a beautiful provision that God has made for sinners. Now, this is for someone who had accidentally killed someone. Now I go into our county jail every week and we have as the drugs have moved into our area which has been over the last 15 years or so we've had a sharp increase in violence and in that time we've seen our first murderers in our jail and some of them, we have two of them in our jail right now, both of them young men, uh, the one I've spent hours with, and he said, this is kind of the, the, the kind of thinking that goes on up, up there because of all the drugs and alcohol before that, which is a drug. This young man tells me, I hope I can get out of prison soon because I want to study and I want to create the world's first time machine. Right away I'm thinking, yeah, I've heard this stuff before, but he said, I want to create it so I can go back and undo what I did. What do you say to a young man like that except that Jesus Christ can take away his sin? And this young man has prayed and asked God to save him now. And I, I am grateful for that. But here is killers in the Bible who they didn't mean to do it. And it was... An accident. In the book of Numbers and the book of Deuteronomy, it gives a couple of examples of it. Uh, one of which is you throw a rock not seeing somebody there and he gets hit and dies from it. And the other one is 
that you're out with your buddy in the woods chopping wood and the axe head flies off the handle and hits, hits your friend and kills him. That's who the cities of refuge were for. And what would happen is that killer, he's not a murderer because he didn't mean to, but he could run to one of these cities of refuge. He could stand in the gate, which is the way things were laid out in those days, and declare his cause to the elders of the city. And if they felt that it was justified, then they would bring him in, they'd give him a house to stay in, and then uh, after he was declared innocent, to make a longer story short, then he would stay in that city until the death of the high priest, at which time he could go back to his own home. Now, under the law of Moses, which this was, there are a great many things that picture the Lord Jesus Christ. A great many things. One of my favorite things to study in the Bible is the tabernacle. Every little thing there, and I'm sure your pastor has talked a lot about that, but every little thing pictured Jesus Christ. But it wasn't just the tabernacle. It was all kinds of other things, too. I mean, it, the priests, they picture Christ being the only mediator between God and man. Anybody who says that there is any other mediator than Jesus Christ is one of two things a liar or an ignoramus. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That is the word of God. Then we have the scapegoat, another one of my favorites. I mean, the scapegoat pictures Christ bearing our sins in his own body on the tree. I love how... They were to give that goat, that scapegoat, into the hand of a fit man. Wasn't supposed to be a man like me. I mean, he was supposed to be a fit man. And he was to take that scapegoat off into a land not inhabited and leave him there. And then the man was to come back into the camp. Who's a more fit man than, that you can think of than Jesus Christ? But the goat is out there where the sins cannot be ever found again. Buried in the depths of the sea, as it were. Cast behind the back of God. These things picture our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the cities of refuge have a special place in the picture. Let me for just a few moments paint that picture for you. How Jesus Christ is our city of refuge. May it be a blessing to you. First, Jesus is our refuge from trouble. I begin there because we've all had trouble in our life. Now, who 
who can lift your hand and say, I've never had any trouble at all? Surely must be in the choir then. <laughs> now, th these guys are musicians, and I appreciate that music too. Uh, musicians don't have any trouble. Especially when you're first learning to play that guitar. I mean, th those blisters and those scabs and those, all that blood, that, that's no trouble. But everybody's had trouble. Yeah. It might be financial trouble or family trouble or trouble at work or trouble with the vehicle or legal trouble or trouble with the neighbor or trouble within your own self or trouble figuring out the whys in life, mm -hmm. or any number of other troubles. And no one enjoys any of it, not one bit of it. But you will have trouble in your life. You'll have a lot of trouble in your life. That's what life is, is trouble. Now, one book that was written many years ago, I don't know if you ever saw this or not. I don't know if I know the title of it or not, but it was kind of sobering. The, the whole premise of the book was you're either coming out of a valley or you're going into a valley. Now, remember, I was an assistant pastor in those days, and our pastor was talking about it in one of our staff meetings, and... and Right away, I'm thinking, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, we like the mountaintops, but the fact is, we're in the valley a lot of the time. That's how we appreciate the mountaintops so well. We're going to have trouble, but when you do, think of how Psalm 9-9 says, the Lord also will be a refuge in time of trouble. Amen. Just as he was for the disciples in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Just as he was for the three Hebrew children in the burning fiery furnace. Just as he was for Joseph in the prison in Egypt. When you go through your time of trouble, remember that Jesus is your city of refuge. And then Jesus is a refuge in loneliness. You ever been there? Elijah was. Elijah had just witnessed the great power of God on Mount Carmel. Sometimes I wish there was such a thing as a time machine. I would have liked to, I would have loved to have been back there and been at some of those events, such as Mount Carmel, where Elijah is saying, well, hey, you guys offer your sacrifice, I'll offer mine, and whoever's God answers by fire out of heaven that burns up the sacrifice, let him be God. Yeah. People said, yeah, that sounds good. Well, the prophets of Baal, they went all day long. Yeah. I'm going to try not to tonight. But, uh, <laughs> but Elijah's back over there, and he's saying, hey, step it up a bit. You're not loud enough. And they went on and on and on. And most of us are saying, when the preacher gets long, Elijah's encouraging him to go longer. And then he really gets 
He, he really hits it. I don't know if you ever heard this before or not, but when he said, perhaps he's on a journey, that was a direct smack in the face at Baal himself. Because they had noticed along the way, as how could they not, that their prayers weren't getting answered. And somebody who believed in another God came along and said, well, hey, your God's dead. Somebody else said, no, 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 that can't be, that can't be, that. no, he's on a trip. So Elijah's saying, maybe he's on a trip. And all those people are thinking, oh. But in the end, guess who's God sent the fire? And there's so much more to that story I don't have time to get into. You know it as well as I do anyway. But Elijah had just been there. He had just witnessed it. And then Queen Jezebel steps up and said, I'm going to kill you for it. And Elijah takes off running for his life, wondering where everybody else is at. Now, this is the way we get when we get in these situations. Elijah had just left his servant behind, and now he's wondering where everybody's at. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but neither does a lot of things we think when we're going through these problems, when we're going through loneliness. We feel like we're all alone, even though we're not. For Elijah, God himself came down, kept him company. I'm not sure if I would have wanted to have been there for all of that or not, but God kept him company. No matter what our reasons are for being lonely, if you get lonely, remember what the Lord said in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what that means? It means he will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That means never! The greatest of the great, the most high, will be there to care for you. Then Jesus is a refuge in time of weakness. Oh, I better not st stay there long. No. My time's gone anyway. But When you come to a place where you feel weak and every one of us ought to because what are we we're nothing but mud God created us of the dust of the ground and mixed that with 70% water and what do you have but mud we are nothing of ourselves But remember how Isaiah 40, verse 31 tells us, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
That's for every one of us who know the Lord. Jesus Christ is our refuge in time of weakness. He is a strength to those who put their trust in him. Jesus is also a refuge in time of insecurity. How true it is. That's when you're not quite sure of yourself. Maybe you're not sure how to handle the situation. Or maybe you're just scared. I'm glad I've never been there. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Sure have been. King David was in a spot like that before he was king and his predecessor, King Saul, was hunting him down. There's another time I would not want to be there. I mean, the Apostle Thomas was there. A time of great insecurity for Thomas when Jesus said he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead in an area where they were looking to kill Jesus. So what did Thomas say? Let us also go that we may die with him. Not much security there. Timothy was a man known for his insecurities. But what did Timothy learn? That God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We also find in Hebrews 6.18, that was in 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, in Hebrews 6.18, we find that we can have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Jesus Christ is that refuge. And if we lay hold on that consolation... We can lose all our insecurities on that rock right there. And then, I know this is Wednesday night, but Jesus is also our refuge from sin and from judgment for sin. And this is something that affects us all. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Death in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I mean, most, most people seem to be afraid of de death and dying. How about having to do it twice? Well, that's the bad news. The good news? The good news is that Jesus came here from heaven to do something about the problem. So what did he do? He made a way for our sins to be taken away. Justified as if we had done no wrong. And therefore a person does not have to face the punishment or the judgment for their sins. Now get this. This way out is only in Jesus Christ. There is none other way 
There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They say that as all roads led to Rome, that there's many roads that lead to heaven. That's calling God a liar. And what does Revelation 21.8 say about liars? Hmm, I don't want to be one. Jesus Christ is the city of refuge for the sinner. We've got a story to tell to the nations. We sure do, including our own nation, our own hometown. What salvation in Jesus Christ does is it draws you out of yours and into his. Out of your life, into his life. Out of your way of doing things, into his way of doing things. You know the scripture from, uh, from the book of Matthew, and it's repeated in Luke, I believe it is also, that therefore if any man lose his life in me, he's found it. Think of what you have compared to what God has. Me? If I'm going to give up everything I have for everything God has, I'll make that trade. That's good for me. Yeah, I might have trouble while I'm here on earth. Who doesn't? One thing I've been saying here for a while now is... People always wonder, why do we have so much trouble? We're God's children. Think about this for a minute. We as God's children, we will know all the bad we will ever know right here in this life. Once death comes or the Lord returns, whichever happens first, there will be no more bad. Everything will be absolute perfection for us, for all of eternity. Unfortunately, for those who are not saved, they get all the good they will ever have right now in this life. Once death comes for them, there will be nothing but eternal torment. It is all through Jesus Christ. That's why we worship him. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing to him. He is all that and more. But you don't want to try to go around the city of refuge. There's borders there. And you're safe within the borders. Jesus Christ is the border. He's the door. He said, come unto me and drink. And all that do have joy forevermore. Jesus Christ is our city of refuge. Preacher.
appreciate Brother Joel, Evil Sizer. I appreciate that message. We're going to ask everybody to stand. <clears throat> think about the city of refuge. And think about what he's preached. He is our refuge and our strength. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is our city of refuge. Think about that. Uh, great message, very clear. I want you to think about this tonight. If you're here and you've never been born again, you need to get in that city of refuge. Brother Joel uh, shared with us in the scripture, and boy, we know it's true. If you want to go to heaven, you have to be born again. If you're not born again, you have to go down with all nations to get God. Uh, you have to go to that place called hell. So three things tonight I want to mention. If you're lost and you need to come, feel free to come. If you're here and you've been saved, but you haven't been living for the Lord like you should, come and rededicate your life. And I want to mention this tonight. This come on my heart. If you're here tonight and you don't belong to this church, but you've been saved by God's grace and God's laid it on your heart to become a member of this church, the doors are open for you tonight. While we sing, let's pray. Everybody obey the Lord. Listen to this song. Amen. You can have that refuge, Brother Joel preached about. Listen to that song. That goes right along with the message. You can bring your burdens to him. Every care you can bring to him. Amen. Trust the Lord. If God speaks to you, it's your move to respond to what God's telling you. Obey the Lord tonight. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that singing. And uh, I had someone ask me, when I was maybe just a teenager, said, how can we say that uh, his yoke is easy and his bird's light? And uh, they said, well, I know people that are Christians and uh, they have a lot of trouble, just like Brother Joel was preaching about tonight. They, they have a lot of trouble. And at first I, I thought, well, I don't know the answer to that. But as I prayed and read and studied, and I began to realize even in our worst of times, when we're saved by the grace of God, in the worst troubles that we have with Jesus Christ always being there with us. That's better than being lost if you feel like you're on top of the world. And uh, I, I, so I was able to explain it then. And uh, I'm telling you what, tonight it's good to be here. and It's good to be uh, in the refuge uh, that we have that Brother Joel preached about. I'm, uh, uh, and let me, let me ask again. Uh, not, asking, not even asking for a song right now. Just, just want to ask you. If there's something here that you need to do, you don't have to wait for anything. If you're here and you need to come to the altar, you can come to the altar without us even singing. Uh, I've seen people come to the altar before the choir ever started. I've seen them come to the altar after church was dismissed. 
I've seen them come when someone was opening up or somebody was singing or the preacher was just getting started. Point is, when God's Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, that's the invitation. It has authority and power. And uh, so uh, if you're here, uh, just uh, maybe just one more verse. And I feel like somebody here needs to do something. And if it's you, I'd like to ask you to follow the Lord. Obey the Lord. Yep. Help him, Lord. When I was a little boy, Bless him, Lord. everybody knows it. You know, I lost my sister. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. When she was five, and I was about a couple years older than her, uh, she fell at a church get together off of a merry go round. Amen. You have no guarantee that you're going to make it home tonight. Amen. Your next breath is not a promise. Amen. But like Chase said, every six seconds someone is leaving this earth. Right. But the other thing I wanted to say was that that was a horrible time. Sure. I watched families go to Chicago to that hospital where my sister was, and I watched those families disintegrate under the pressure and under the stress they would turn on each other in that terrible time when their children were hurting and it would destroy their family Help you, our family survived right. because we had God and the refuge but also when I saw my mom and dad hurting so bad or I saw my sister hurting so bad, having a seizure or whatever, we ended up having a hospital room there at the house. But I, I went to God at night and I could pray because I got saved as a little boy. Right. And that pain would turn into a, a prayer. And before I knew it, I was thanking God and praising Him, laying there in bed, right. having a church service if you'll have it. Sure. But there was, that was an incredible comfort. Sure. And it came to me, and all I had to do was pray. Amen. So we've got no guarantee of tomorrow. You could, you, you, there's no guarantee you'll make it home tonight. But if you want true comfort and true peace in time of trouble, you've got to have Jesus. Amen. All right. Appreciate that. All right. One more verse. Obey the Lord.
pray the Lord. Amen. Announcement I need to make. Uh, Brother Mike Rains told me that they're, they're having the primitive quartet at uh, their church Friday night. They're supposed to be there at 7 o'clock at New Haven Missionary Baptist Church down in Norwood, Ohio. And uh, I like to hear the primitive sing. And I uh, uh, had thought about going down there, but of course I got funeral visitation Friday and then got the funeral Saturday. So that's what I'm going to be doing. But uh, Brother Mike said, uh, Tell everybody you're welcome to come. And they have told Mike that they're getting ready to retire from traveling, and this is probably their last road trip uh, to New Haven, unless something changes their mind. So if you feel like going down, well, at least you know about it and know what's going on, uh, let me remind you again about that funeral. Uh, Sue Spencer, her funeral's going to be at uh, 11 o'clock Saturday, and that's uh, going to be at Childs and Son over on Bell Fountain Avenue, the East Side Chapel, they call it. Uh, her viewing will be there at the East Side Chapel uh, from 6 to 8 on Friday night. So uh, pray for that family. Pray for especially for uh, Chuck, her son, but pray for the whole family. And uh, remember those. Anything else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Uh, pray for Delmer Smith. He's very ill, very sick. And, uh, of course, pray for his wife, Faye, too. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Linda and I had the opportunity to stop in and visit them. Boy, I'm telling you, we had a dandy time. Uh, we felt the Lord talking to them and reminisced and uh, went over some precious memories that we had. And, I mean, we just had a good time. It was it was a real blessing. We made another special memory. God let us just do that by being there. But please pray for them. Pray for their whole family. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, Delmer and Faye's son, Dale, is also very ill, uh, very sick, uh, uh, real seriously. So pray for him, too. So they got, they got just uh, a whole lot of things going on, a whole lot of trouble. Thank God that uh, he's able to help them through that. Anyone else? Okay. 
Saturday at 5. Well, I appreciate, I, pr I appreciate that announcement. All right. And uh, uh, Vince, do you want to say anything about you're talking about getting some? Okay, no. Oh, well, okay. I, you're way ahead of me. Sorry about that. All right. Anything else before we come to a close? Her, Lord. But I'm thankful I got it. Yeah, amen. I just, I just want to say I'm thankful to be here. Amen. Thank, thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for you and thank the Lord that you rededicated your life and you've been coming so faithful and singing in the choir and testifying. I appreciate you. Thank the Lord for you. Anyone else? I would say this before we uh, dismiss if, uh, if you appreciate Brother Joel's message about that. Uh, uh, cities of refuge and you want to stop and shake his hand that'd be a nice thing to do when service is over so remember that anything else before we come to a close you've said everything that needs to be said. All right. Anyone else? Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Thank the Lord for that and appreciate that Thank you that Brother Kenny gave. I'm amazed at all the work that's going on and all the people that are working and all the things. I, I appreciate everybody that's been doing everything they're doing. And uh, that's a uh, small way to say thank you, but that, I guess that about sums up good as I know how. There's lots of people that's been doing some things, and some people have been doing a world of things. And so thank you. Appreciate it. Anyone else? not, we'll ask Brother Neil to pray dismissal.